Hello and welcome to the Unnamed Automotive Podcast. My name is Sammy Hajisad, and with me, as always, is my good friend and fellow automotive journalist, Benjamin Hunting. Say hi to the people, Ben. Greetings, human listeners. Greetings to everyone. If this is the first time you've heard this podcast, welcome. I just want to reiterate, Ben and I are a pair of automotive journalists. Uh, You can find our work all over the internet. Ben, could you just plug a couple of publications that you write for? You can find my work at Motor Trend, at Driving Line, and Haggerty Classic Car. And you can find my work at autotrader.ca, Motor Illustrated, and Nouveau Magazine. But today we're going to be talking about uh, one of Ben's recent features, as well as some news that's been going on in the automotive industry. So Ben, take it away. Well, we've, uh, seeing as Sammy and I are no longer driving press cars, as we mentioned on an earlier podcast, because most of the fleets have shut down, we've decided to kind of just talk about car stuff that interests us and that we think is fun. And one of those things combines something that historically hasn't gone well on the podcast, that's movies and cars. (laughs) Uh, But we're going to give it a shot here, Uh, now now that I've set it up in the best possible way, (laughs) and everyone has turned off the podcast. But yeah, uh, it, yeah. it can go well. We, we wanted to talk about specifically movies and trucks. So, you know, a few years ago, I wrote an article about cars, sorry, trucks on TV. And I came to a very sad conclusion. And that's that there were not really any cool trucks on television shows, except if you go back 30 or 40 years. Like when I was growing oh up, God, there were shows like terrible. I know, there, awful. there were shows like Simon and Simon. And there were shows like The Fall Guy that had some pretty cool trucks, like, like a macho power wagon. And one of them, uh, I think it was a, like a GMC 2500. Anyway, and then not until the 90s did you get shows like Walker, Texas Ranger, which was apparently sponsored by Dodge. And everyone drove Dodges and there were lots of Rams and that was cool. But <laughs> if you look at movies, Sammy, it's a different picture, isn't it? Yeah, there's very, I mean, there are, there are, a plen- there are plenty of trucks in movies, but your list that you provided, it's, there's not a lot of new stuff. There's not a lot of new movies here. Are there? Well, Let's just let's just go down the list, and you can criticize okay. it as is your custom. Yeah, um, that sounds like me. But one of the one of the movies that really stood out for me, and I think it's the newest movie on this list, is Twister, which came out right. in the mid nineties, nineteen ninety six. Uh, it was directed by Jan DeBont, and it had not just one cool truck, but two cool trucks. But the the one truck that got the most, um, I guess, the star role, Sammy, mm-hmm. was the second generation Dodge Ram, which had just come out. And it was – we've talked in the past about how important this truck was uh, actually on a recent podcast for the brand and for the truck segment in particular. But this was a 2500 series, which meant it could either have had a Cummins turbo diesel or V10. I don't remember from the movie. But it was it was funny because in the movie, they're chasing down tornadoes. And the guy who's driving a Bill Paxton's character, he hooks up with this ragtag team of – people he used to hang out with and he's in this new life now and he has this brand new truck and they have this old badass truck it's like a a jeep j10 like a honcho and it gets totally destroyed by a twister like it gets flipped and smashed and all sorts of crazy stuff happens and so they have to tag in his brand new truck and he is not having it sammy right i I remember this this is is actually one of my favorite parts of the movie uh it is pretty cool though the the ram in particular like we mentioned on a on a previous episode this part this year of ram is almost i mean it's almost iconic for the Ram brand, um, and I think the '90s Ram is where they really found their 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 design language and their personality in terms of what kind of truck they can uh, they can offer. I remember watching the movie and 
noticing how beat up the Ram gets by like hail and things flying through the air and whatnot, and how like yeah. Paxton's character was constantly wincing and making faces and clearly in obvious distress because I don't think he'd paid for the truck yet. And I don't think insurance covers acts of God, especially when you chase down actively a tornado instead of running in the other direction. So that was kind of funny. Like even as a yeah. as a teenager, I was like, "Well, this is a bad situation." But it, right. you know, I've always wanted to chase tornadoes. It's 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 perhaps stupid, <laughs> but yeah. it's something I've thought about a lot. And I don't think I would take a brand new Ram, but uh, I would definitely take a rental car and get full coverage, and then not care about the hail. That sounds like you. Let's go to the next one on this list here, which is a movie called Red Dawn. Yes, Red Dawn, which is one of, if not the most violent movies ever committed to celluloid, Sammy. I think there was something like, uh, it was. it's directed by, I can't remember his name, Dino De Laurentiis, I believe. And he was a, uh, <laughs> let's just say he was really into violence and he was really into America. And this movie is about a fictional uh, alternate timeline where the Soviet Union decides to invade America by dropping paratroopers into the Midwest. I Actually, okay. I think it was Colorado, but also the Midwest, which seems super weird as a strategy. But even weirder is the fact that in this film, um, the good guys are a bunch of teenagers from a football team, a high school football team, who kind of create this ragtag band of terrorists to go after the Soviet occupiers. I think I watched this in high school. I think this movie is constantly playing on USA Network at some point. Like, every 24 hours, they have to show it. But uh, the, in the movie, they have a 77 Chevrolet K10, and it was like a stepside truck. And it's it's most prominently featured in a scene where they're trying to escape town, and they there's this, like, Soviet roadblock. Yeah. And they don't know what to do. So they drive into a field, and then out of nowhere, this, this helicopter shows up and destroys the Soviets while they're shooting at the pickup. And it's just crazy. Like, it's just this wild... I don't know, survivalist <laughs> fantasy. I think the movie had something like 120 acts of violence per hour. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> no. It was super, super violent. And Patrick Swayze was in it. He was the star. Uh, he was. They were called the, uh, the, what, the Wolverines, I think, was the name of the football team. So that's what they decided to call their, their terrorist group. Or I guess Freedom Fighters. I guess it's two sides of the same coin Yeah. <laughs> in the 80s. It yeah, depends, thought, yeah, it depends from what perspective you have, but yes. <laughs> and you said you said there are no modern trucks. There's no modern movies on this list. They remade Red Dawn, I think. Okay, alrighty. Um, moving on this list here. Oh, this is the movie we we all can remember. And not only that, but the the, the truck had a pretty big um, part in it, which is the 1985 Toyota pickup from Back to the Future. Yes, Sammy, what do you remember about this pickup? Uh, it was pretty badass looking, man, with this uh, roll cage, I think, on the, on the or this light, light, what do you want to call it, a light rack? Light bar, I guess, yeah. Light bar. I loved it. It looked black, everything. So cool. You know, it's it's kind of a weird movie because, uh, sorry, a weird a weird truck because it's it's not just in that first movie where he sees it in a dealership window and he's all fantasizing about it. Like, it's, this is like, it's weird, be, weird for a bunch of reasons. It's kind of the first time any movie in the United States put a Japanese vehicle front and center. Where, right. like, Marty McFly, the main character, he was all about this truck. And this is everything he wanted. And then by the end of the movie, he ends up getting it because, you know, time travel. But um, in the end, in the third movie, he's driving the truck and he almost dies in a car wreck or something. There's, like, a drag race. And um, a big part of the movie hinges on time travel making it so that he ends up not doing that. 
And so the truck has like multiple roles in the franchise. And it, it's more than just kind of a bit player, which is what you would expect from this random Toyota pickup. Right. It's a gorgeous truck, though. And I, I honestly think it really helped, you know, th- this movie, not that the Toyota trucks needed more sort of lore, but this movie helped. I think people really recognize Toyota trucks as being tough, rugged, um, and the, being able to withstand time. And this is a movie about time travel. And it's it's a starring it has a starting starring role, which I think is pretty cool. I remember in my hometown growing up, there was a guy named Todd who had a truck just like this one, except mm-hmm. it was it was not quite as good a shape, and it was raised up and a little bit more, and it had bigger tires, and like thirty five inch tires. And uh, we used to make fun of him all the time because I was an idiot, and <laughs> I was driving a Ford pickup, and back then that made, meant something to me as a teenager. Right. But his truck was really slow because they had a small, I want to say a two point two liter four four cylinder engine. Mm-hmm. And when you put the big tires on it, the the multiplication for the gear ratio went in the wrong direction. So you, <laughs> you, you ended up having no power off the line, but like a really crazy high top speed if you could find a straight enough area. <laughs> so his truck was super slow and we would always drag race him because I had a also slow Ford that had like granny gears. So yeah. it was super quick off the line. And then once you got to like 35 miles an hour, it just died. <laughs> So the next movie on your list is something that I'm not familiar with at all. It's called Take This Job and and Shove It? Yeah, so don't watch this movie. Uh, Why? <laughs> it's, it's from, I believe, 1981, and it's based on a song by Johnny Paycheck. <laughs> so anytime okay. a movie is based on the title of a country song, I think you can safely skip that movie, Sammy. Okay, fine. Uh, but what's, let's talk about this truck here, which is a custom 74... Ford F-250? It's not a custom Ford F-250. It is Bigfoot, Sammy. It is the first Bigfoot. Do you remember Bigfoot? I do remember Bigfoot. So before Bigfoot was famous, they made this movie. And and a lot of people, I don't know, you know, the origins of monster trucks are mysterious and shrouded in the mists of time. But, uh, sure. <laughs> but before we had Monster Jam and cool stuff like that, no one knew about them. It was just a bunch of dudes, specifically like one dude, Bob Chandler, who was making these big trucks with big mud tires. And um, there was this other guy, Everett Jasmer, who had another truck that was similar. And they would tour around and kind of do county fairs and stuff like that. And uh, Chandler called his truck Bigfoot, and Jasmer called his truck USA One. And in this movie, they're both in a really weird scene where they're kind of racing against each other, but also racing against other trucks that are sort of lifted, but not as hardcore. And they actually ended up destroying, like, I think a significant amount of trucks to make this one chase. But it's the first time the American public got to see monster trucks in any kind of capacity. That is pretty cool. And then, I, I mean, what's the next car here on this list? This is from Lethal Weapon wow, 2. You, and you, just, the- you just totally, you're like, okay, I don't care about Bigfoot whatsoever. <laughs> I mean, That's th- fascinating, this, man. This era of Bigfoot isn't the one that resonates, resonates in my, this generation of Bigfoot is a little too old for me to really fall in love with. It's the but next Bigfoot one that is really your picked. Bigfoot, the Aerostar the, Bigfoot? The big-ass Bigfoot. What about the Aerostar Bigfoot? I don't know what you're talking about. So there are some weird Bigfoots, my friend. Are you ready to hear about them? Sure. <laughs> okay. So uh, we'll get to another Bigfoot uh, at the end of this list because, spoiler alert, there's multiple Bigfoots. But mm-hmm. they made this thing called Bigfoot Shuttle. 
Um, and it was an Aerostar, a Ford Aerostar minivan lifted up on a Bigfoot chassis. But mm-hmm. they didn't, you know how like Bigfoot trucks typically have like nitromethane V8s with 800 horsepower? Yeah. Bigfoot shuttle, they kept the stock three liter V6 from the Aerostar. <laughs> and it had 145 horsepower. No, no. So it, it, well, all that I was saying about my my teenage nemesis Todd's truck earlier. So how did, magnify yeah. that for the Aerostar for Bigfoot Shuttle, and it was really slow. It was built for a TV show called Return of the Monster Trucks. Um, they put nitrous on it at one point, but it was it was never really fast. It weighed eight thousand pounds, Sammy, and had one hundred and forty five horsepower. That doesn't make any sense. Okay, now can we talk about the next car on your? No, list? because there's another Bigfoot I want to talk to you about. Oh, you want to talk about the other Bigfoots here? Okay, so. This was also an Aerostar Bigfoot. It was called oh Bigfoot. God. It was called Bigfoot Fast Tracks. Yeah. And they took they cut an Aerostar in half and then they put it onto Which a, lengthwise? Yes, lengthwise. And then they put it onto an <laughs> M48 armored personnel carrier platform. So As it had would. tank treads and and they learned from their mistake before with the power plants because this one had two 7 liter Ford V8s. Oh, and that's the, <laughs> the whole vehicle weighed 23,000 pounds. <laughs> anyway, it was pretty cool. All um, right, tell me more Bigfoot. Uh, you want one more Bigfoot or do you want two one more Bigfoot? Big two more Bigfoot. Okay, I'm going to give you one more. They're not Bigfoot at this point because Bigfoot is a, is a name, right? In 1986, <laughs> Bob Chandler made something called Bigfoot 5. It weighed 28,800 28, pounds, Sammy. Because it was never intended to drive. It was just intended to look ridiculous. This is the Bigfoot that has the giant, giant, super giant tires that you've seen. Yeah. Yeah. So those tires came from something called a land train, which was what the U.S. Army used in Alaska Mm -hmm. to move uh, munitions and equipment over over tundra and areas where they didn't really have solid ground. Okay. So how big are these tires we're talking about? The tires each weigh a full ton. Oh, my God. Um, And... They, they used two of them. It was dually uh, both axles. So there are four tons of tires on each axle, eight tons total. And that's that's a U.S. ton. So that's 16,000 pounds of tires. This is the Bigfoot 5? Yeah, uh, Bigfoot Holy 5. Holy cow, look at this thing. <laughs> so what's crazy is these tires were used. They moved them around. They put them on Bigfoot 1, 2, and 4, and then later on Bigfoot 7, which we'll revisit on the movie list. Yeah. But uh, they use it as a display truck in St. Louis at Bigfoot Incorporated headquarters. Um, the truck, the tires, they sometimes take them out and move them around even to this day for show purposes. But it's yeah. mostly been a, been a Bigfoot 5 thing. All right, cool. All right, let's finish off with a Bigfoot that we can talk about in, this, in, a, in a movie context. No, here, no, no, right? no, no. We're going to skip Bigfoot for a little while. Oh, what? We're going to come back to Bigfoot Great. at the end. So okay. I want I want to I want to continue the list of movie trucks with um, a truck that no one thinks about, uh, the truck that was in Lethal Weapon Two, Sammy. Lethal Weapon Two, not the one that was in Lethal Weapon One because I don't remember that one, or the one that's in Lethal Weapon Three because I don't remember that one either, Funnily, or Lethal Weapon Four, I don't remember that one either. What but about I, Lethal Weapon Five: The Reckoning? I don't. Is there a truck in that movie? I thought it was a spaceship. There is a GMC Sierra in every Lethal Weapon movie, Sammy. Is there really? Yes. And it, I don't know why. <laughs> I think it's because uh, Riggs, Mel Gibson's character, he didn't he live on a beach in a in a in a camping trailer. Mm-hmm. So I think they had to give him a GMC to tug his trailer around. I think. That oh was right. The, like everything in his life was utilitarian at best. So, okay. So, so anyway, in Lethal Weapon 2, he had an 89 3500 Sierra. All right. And 
and this truck was used to pull a house off a mountain, Sammy. As, you know, it makes sense. Yeah. Why not? He, uh, he just hooked it up to the foundations of the house the bad guys were in during a shootout, mm-hmm. and then he tugged it down the side of a mountain, and the good guys won. Um, it's kind of cool because they didn't really have a lot of trucks in movies in that era unless they were, like, somehow modified or customized or whatever. Like, trucks weren't, trucks weren't cool, you know? So this was just, like, a bone stock Sierra, and uh, it ended up playing a pretty major role in a major motion picture. So that, that was kind of neat. That is neat, and it's a really. I think it's an iconic scene that that taking down the 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 house with the truck. I think that's really cool, and I think if if there's like reference to it in a bunch of TV shows or video games as well. I think GTA Five has a, a, a scene like that as well. Do you think that truck could have pulled that house down? Do you think that's realistic? I mean, it's just pulling that one foundation, that one piece of foundation, and I mean, it's a it's a heavy duty truck. It's a thirty five hundred. I. I think it's possible. Why not? The rear of the truck in the scene, it keeps, like, snapping up off the ground. Yeah. And I don't know if he was connected to the bumper or how he did it. But uh, it's pretty wild. I've never towed anything that has lifted the rear of the truck off the ground. Although, the front of the vehicle is another story. I'm going to ask. I'll ask Steve, uh, our truck expert Steve and Ch- and uh, and Chad Kirchner about these kinds of uh, stunts and whether or not real trucks can do this kind of stuff. Um, what's the next car on the list? The next car on the list, Sammy, is also from Chevrolet. It's a little bit older. Sorry, also from General Motors. It is the 1987 Chevy Suburban, which is in a movie called Dante's Peak, which is the second 90s movie on this list. I know this movie because it's in the 90s. You know what my favorite part of this movie is, Sammy? Uh, no, there's I this, don't know. <laughs> there's a scene where I think it's Pierce Brosnan's character. At, he's the main character. He breaks his leg at the end of the movie, and then um, he's getting first aid, and then they put his cast on the other leg <laughs> in, in, in the very final scene of the movie where he's talking to everybody. And I remember I only saw the last 30 minutes of this movie because I was sneaking from one theater to the next, and I, I just popped into the last 30 minutes of Dante's Peak, and that was the one thing about it that, st- that stood out to me. That and the Suburban, which is actually a pretty cool-looking Suburban. It's a big red, red or orange? What's the best way you can describe this? I think, I think it's, it's red. red. I think it's volcano red. And I also remember there being quite a few, I think there's a Land Cruiser, a Toyota Land Cruiser in this movie as well. Yes, there is. There's a Land Cruiser, a, to- a Toyota Land Cruiser that uh, some kids... or something, doesn't it? One of these trucks gets melted up real bad. Well, some kids, steal the, some kids steal a Land Cruiser and try to find their grandmother. I don't really remember the details, but... <laughs> But Brosnan has to has to has to rescue those wacky kids. Mm-hmm. Um, the truck actually had a whole bunch of useful gear, like it had a snorkel on it, and they actually used it because they drive the truck across a river. And it's a weird scene because the river actually picks the truck up off the ground and fills the whole truck with water. And it's like, I mean, realistically, the truck's done, right? It's not gonna pull out on the other side, but yet it does, and it saves the day. Uh, but it was magic. on it was on like 33 inch tires. It had a winch. It had all the cool stuff that you would want, and they actually used it to do to do truck stuff. So. Yeah, I love it. Um, what else do we got coming on here? Well, we've got uh, the the best movie on this list about aliens that live underground. And Tremors. Tremors. I know this movie. <laughs> so this stars Kevin Bacon and a bunch of other people. But they had a gladiator. They did like a 63 gladiator. And this gladiator not only outruns these aliens, these subterranean aliens, but I think it pulls the tongue out of one at one point. Um. That's, yeah, I don't remember that. What are you I, talking about? I think the tongue tries to grab the rear axle of the truck. Oh, yeah. And it, they managed to, like, get away and snap the tongue. They were called graboids. That's what the creatures were called. 
Um, and yeah, so the truck survives. Anyway, it's pretty badass. Uh, it's it's got that nice desert patina with the uh, it's kind of like a light blue with a bunch of sun sunburned rust on it. Mm-hmm. Exactly the kind of vehicle you'd want to use to escape an alien invasion you didn't even know happened. Exactly. I want to add that this is another movie from the '90s. Technically, the '90s is it um, on this list? It came out in 1990. Wow, that you is the it. '90s. That is the '90s. Ben, you did it, man. Yeah, I did it. I didn't even know. And we don't even have to play Six Degrees of of Kevin of Kevin Bacon. Is that the game? No, that's not the game. Let's continue. Oh, okay. Let's keep going. <laughs> so here's a movie that's almost '90s, Sammy. 1989. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a movie I, I also don't recommend you watch. It's okay. called Tang, Tango and Cash. I know this movie. Sylvester Stallone and Kurt Russell. There's oh, a, yeah. It sounds like a great idea. It does. It's a buddy cop movie. It has the weirdest ending because, um, for some reason, there's a vehicle called the RV from Hell, which is like mm-hmm. a strange 4x4 van thing that has a Gatling gun on it and a bunch of... It looks like it looks like a, like a Chevy cargo van and a Pontiac Transport had a baby, and they lifted it up and put a bunch of guns on it. Okay. Um, it, it rode on a 3500 series GMC pickup platform, like like the one Riggs had in Lethal Weapon. But the weirdest part of this is the whole climax of the movie has Tango and Cash going to rescue someone from the bad guy. And the bad guy's lair is like a construction site, Sammy. Do you remember that part? No. So it's I, a good... I, I barely remember this movie at all. I remember uh, Sylvester Stallone and Kurt Russell and that's it. So, I don't even. I barely remember this truck. What the, I'm looking at it now, and I'm like, how did I miss this? It's the the construct the construction site has all these like big heavy equipment vehicles that are constantly trying to smash into Tango and Cash. It's plus the a, only way to stop a truck, man. Yeah, and plus a bunch of guys on dirt bikes with machine guns and a bunch of booby traps. It's almost it's almost <laughs> like they built the end of the movie for a video game that never happened. Yeah. Or they were given this crazy RV from hell and told, hey, <laughs> build, a, build a climactic final scene around this. And they just did. It's super strange. I don't get it. It's, it's the weirdest vehicle on this entire list. Uh-huh. Okay. What else do we have on this list? Well, we've got uh, from the weirdest vehicle to the weirdest scene by far yeah. um, is another Bigfoot, Sammy. A Bigfoot that we haven't talked about yet. And this is also from 1989. It's a movie called Roadhouse, which you should definitely watch. You should watch it at least once a year. It's it's a movie that keeps giving. Um, it's also stars Patrick Swayze. So there's there's double Bigfoot, double Swayze on this list. But uh, in this movie, this movie posits a world where a small-time crime boss controls a tiny town for reasons no one understands. He's super wealthy, which I guess he's... He's getting his money by intimidating the tiny businesses in this tiny town. Um, It's never really made clear. But at one point, he wants to make an example of a business that stopped paying protection money. So he drives Bigfoot 7 through a car dealership. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Right through the window, over all the new cars. And he's just kind of standing there laughing while it's happening. Um, What's crazy is to make this movie... Sorry, to make this scene in the movie, Bigfoot Seven didn't exist, right? Okay. And so they had they 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 had to make this truck just for them, just for they, this movie, Roadhouse. They just for this movie, they, they it cost them a half million dollars to shoot this one sequence at this car dealership, and that includes oh smashing God. the building, building the truck, and destroying all these cars. It's it has nothing to do with anything else in the movie. <laughs> it never shows up. They don't use it again. No, they do. It shows up again once when they when they're they're at like the main bad guy's house in his driveway. 
there's like a station wagon and it shows up beside the Bigfoot and like some guy rolls down his window and they exchange a greeting. That's <laughs> like, it. Like he's just driving the Bigfoot around like it's his daily. Man. It's super Good. weird. But it's great. It's actually a hilarious scene. And so it's so 80s. Like it's, you would never really have this happen these days. This is like one of those scenes where a bunch of guys were coked up one night and they're like, you know, it would be awesome if someone drove Bigfoot through a car dealership. And then they wrote that scene. And then they woke up the next day and they're like, who wrote this scene? I guess we have to shoot it now. <laughs> and then they're like, well, we can't just make that truck show up out of nowhere. We, we got to include this somewhere <laughs> else again. It's got to be it's got to be organic. It's got to feel natural. <laughs> There's got to be some Bigfoot character development here, you know? There's probably a whole subplot where, like, he went to Bigfoot school or something. Or, yeah. like, he won it in a card game or something weird like that. Yes, but it had to be cut due to either budget or time, right? Yeah, or, or, or you know, the, the, the Bigfoot 7 had to go back on the road and enter its keep you can't just of keep course. it on a movie set right it was probably going to other smashing up other um lazy dealerships who are not paying the production money of course That's what I, if i had a bigfoot i'm gonna be honest road rage <laughs> would escalate to an entirely new level <laughs> i mean think about it well, you would not have to take any guff and i know a lot of people are like out there thinking oh guys in bro trucks aren't cool and a bigfoot's just a really big bro truck but no no these things are not the same are they no this is massive <laughs> a bro a bro dozer is like it's just a hopped up truck. A big, like a monster truck is the size of a house, man. It's huge. Yeah, yeah. I think it, I think that, uh, I, I think it's a completely different situation. I think it's much cooler to drive a monster truck to work than it is to drive a brodozer. I've always, I've, you know, when, when we talk to other automotive journalists, we always talk about things like what would be the craziest thing you'd want to drive. For me, a monster truck would be like probably the most exciting thing for me to drive. And I don't know what it would be like. I just can't even imagine the visibility of this thing making much sense either. Because um, there's like a huge roll cage in it, isn't there? There is. There is. It's, it's essentially a roll cage. I mean, the one that in this movie is still in the era where it was kind of based on a pickup platform. But yeah. the current ones, it's a roll cage with a fiberglass body. It has four-wheel steering with, you know, a nitromethane engine. They're absolutely insane. I know uh, Emmy Hall, one of our colleagues, has had the chance to drive one. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's it's absolutely wild. There's a weird, um, like, coda to this Roadhouse Bigfoot 2. It, 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 sorry, Roadhouse Bigfoot 7. It, <laughs> it ended up in, it was kind of sold slash loaned to a place called the Fun Spot in Orlando, which I guess is like a, a non-Disney theme park. <laughs> and um, there was a weird lawsuit between the Fun Spot and Bob Chandler as to who actually owned the truck. Because he was like, I never sold it to you. I just lent it to you. And they were like, no, come get it. And he's like, fine, I will. And then they're like, no, not really. <laughs> here's, a, here's a lawsuit. And it sits out there on stationary display. It's on 10-foot um, foot tall tires. But they had to rename it Big Fun. <laughs> oh, <laughs> because, yeah. Because Chandler was like, if I can't get my truck back, I'm going to get the name back. And so he yeah. managed to get like a court injunction. So anyway, if you want to see Big Fun, go to Orlando. Big Big Fun, which is formerly Bigfoot uh, 7. Yes. There is no other Bigfoot 7? No, no. I mean, there's this one, and it was it was kind of touring around the country, and it just ended up marooned at Fun Spot, and, you know, no one technically owns it anymore. That's so weird. Okay, cool. Let's keep going. What, what else do you have on your list? I got, I got one more for you, Sammy. Okay. And this is actually a movie. I can't necessarily recommend the movie, but I, I do recommend you look up the chase scenes on YouTube. It's called The Driver. And it's from the late 70s. And in the movie, um, Ryan O'Neill plays a character who's a car thief slash wheelman. 
And he's a really, really good driver. That's the whole idea of the film, hence the name. But there's a cool scene where he's in a 74 Chevy C10. Okay. And it's it's like, it's a, unlike any other truck you're going to see on screen, it's lowered. It's a street truck. And there's a, there's a chase between that and a Pontiac Trans Am in L.A. And it's awesome. It's really, really cool. It's well shot. It, you, it's rare to see a truck be driven like that. And there's a, it kind of has a uh, climactic moment inside a parking garage, like a hunting, stalking kind of thing going on. And I, I can't recommend it enough. Interesting. Um, this is, it, it's an, it's kind of wild to have a pickup truck be the, the go-to vehicle of the protagonist in a movie, right? Like, that's not usually what people use. They use a, a sleek, a speedy, something gorgeous and sexy. But a pickup truck is really this utilitarian, sometimes rugged kind of uh, vehicle. And those don't usually land a, the starring role in a, in a chase scene. But it's cool to see it happening on this movie. Yeah, you know, the only other real street truck I can remember in a movie would be in Fast and Furious when uh, Brian Earl Spilner has the, the Ford Lightning. Right. Um, and, and that was only ever used to transport parts. Like we never. Yeah. Saw, well, transport parts and pick up tuna. Those are the two things he did in that truck. Yeah. Didn't really get a lot of uh, a lot of screen time, too. No. Um, what other cars could there be on this list? I mean, I'm, I'm eager to. First of all, why isn't uh, Optimus Prime or any Transformer on this list? Did okay. you watch a Transformer movie? I, Second. OK, go ahead. <laughs> I didn't want to put any 18 wheelers on here because if you did that, then you have to include the truck from uh, Duel. Which I yep. think is uh, anyone who's not familiar with that, it's a it's a big eighteen wheeler that hunts down a guy in a um, a valiant a valiant Plymouth Valiant I believe, mm-hmm. and it was Spielberg's first movie. It's a TV movie and it's well worth watching. But I was like, you know, once you open that up, you got that. You got the uh, truck from uh, Smoking the Bandit, which I mm-hmm. think is pretty cool, uh, and it's just a whole new can of worms, Sammy. Well, also like a suburban, I guess a truck based, and that would mean that like the Explorer and the Jeep from like Jurassic Park don't count. You know what? What did they do that was cool? I mean, the 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 Explorer was on a track. It didn't drive. It distracted the T-Rex enough for the people to get away. I it guess that's true. Itself, I guess that's true. It ate the tire and stuff and was, yeah. you know, uh the Jeep the Jeep doesn't really do anything except kill Nidri, so <laughs> I mean that's 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 neither that's neither good nor bad. <laughs> right. Um, what about Cars, the the Disney movie? No, no, nothing animated. Come on, man. What? Oh, right. We live in Ben's world where there is no animation. Well, you want to put Mater in there? Is that what you want? Yeah, exactly, man. No, I mean I, I don't have anything against an animated anthropomorphized talking truck, but I I but you kind of really... do. Yeah, but I do. I do enough to deny it opportunity. <laughs> Um, and no vans, which is crazy. The more I thought about this story, the more I just kept bringing up like vans. Everyone, everything cool happened in a van. I think. No, I think if you're a teenager, nothing cool happens in a van. You know that's you know that's saying nothing good happens after three a.m. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the same with vans. All movies <laughs> just have vans. go home, bro. <laughs> like the like I was thinking of the turtle van. And the A-Team van? The Turtle van is cool. The A-Team van is a TV van, unless you want to count the terrible movie they made. Yeah, the terrible, of course, the terrible movie they made. Uh, I don't know. I can't think of anything else right now. Oh, wow. You ran out of van. The van well drives real quick. (laughs) Yes. Isn't Speed 5 van related? Speed 5 is two vans connected to each other with a third van on top, and Steven Seagal is in it trying to disarm it. Van centipede. I forgot. Yeah. Um, all right, that's it. I can't wait for our listeners to get in touch with us about their favorite movie trucks uh, and what we might have missed. And uh, let us know like how tolerant you are of movie talk, because in the past, it, it hasn't necessarily <laughs> done well. 
But we put those on bonus episodes, and the bonus episodes were much, much looser in terms of structure. So we're, I'm thinking that might have had more to do with it. But uh, yeah. we love we love pop culture, so we thought we'd you know mix things up a little bit on this week's podcast. Well, I mean, it's important for you know writers and journalists to to have pop culture references for people to. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you right there, Sammy. Nothing you and I do is important. No, that's true. One hundred percent. As we've noticed now these days, nothing we do is important <laughs> except for doing the podcast. But I want to uh, continue this conversation about um, automobiles and cars, and I want to bring up this this news that I got that says for 2021 Hyundai will be make, making a pickup truck, a unibody pickup truck called the Santa Cruz. Okay, what do you think well, of that? Well, we've talked about this on the podcast before, but I think it was years ago when the Santa Cruz was still a concept. Right. This was back in a Detroit auto show. I think it was, it was 2015. Oh my God. Wow. Okay. So yeah, <laughs> I don't know. The podcast is what, three, four years old now. So maybe, yeah. maybe we talked about it not at the time. Right. Okay. So this is a car that, or a truck that will be Santa Fe based, apparently, and will take on the Honda Ridgeline, a very important um, space in the market, Honda Ridgeline territory. What do you think, Ben? My first thought is <laughs> Hyundai Baja. <laughs> yes. Hyundai Baja. Sorry. But the Baja was the Baja was kind of cool. I like the Baja. And the you can get that really was, sweet engine for it, the XT, right? Or, the Baja yeah. was fun because it was super geeky and dorky. I mean, I don't know if cool is a word I would associate with it. I, I, I think it, I, I like it. But Does the Super Baja also kind of like point back to the Brat in a way? I, not really. I mean, kind of. But uh, it's it's more corporate synergy. We have a platform. Let's do something with it. Whereas the brat was kind of like, I have absolutely no idea how <laughs> the the buy buy drive something all terrain vehicle came to existence. I can't remember what the R stands for, mm-hmm. but oh, I think it was recreational buy drive recreational all terrain vehicle. Right. That's what, that's what that was. Brat. Um, that was just that was just a, a fever dream that some Subaru executive had back when they were trying to figure out what Americans actually wanted to buy. <laughs> they had no idea. They're like this or the Subaru XT. <laughs> so this this Hyundai, like I said, you know, we're talking about what Americans are trying to or, or figuring out what Americans buy. I feel like Hyundai has figured it figured it out for the most part. They've got a lot of SUVs and crossovers right now. The Palisade is a really big hit for them. Uh, both critically and uh, commercially. And is the Santa Cruz the next best logical point for them here? Or are they just trying to fill in some space in the market and take over every corner they can get? I think there's nothing logical about it, but I think that's fine. I mean, I don't also don't think it competes with the Ridgeline because the Ridgeline's bigger. The Ridgeline um, is apparently bigger. So I'm going to say this is more like a Ranger competitor, mm-hmm. uh, maybe. Uh, and that's, like- uh, that's kind of easy pickings because the Ranger... Doesn't feel super modern sometimes. But I'm also gonna also gonna maybe say that the Santa Cruz is not gonna compete with anything directly. Like it might steal sales from the Ranger, it might steal sales from the Ridgeline, but this is gonna be a lifestyle vehicle for people who just want something fun and impractical. Because mm-hmm. it's gonna be impractical. It's gonna have a small bed, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know if making it four doors was the best idea. I understand that that will allow them to expand their market to people who want to use it as a daily driver or a family vehicle. But I think it would have been cool to have a two-door one just to see how many people would buy it. 
Here is a good idea. In, in a world where I'm spending Hyundai's money. <laughs> yes. Uh, here is a good idea. Apparently, it will have a starting price of around $25,000. I think that's a fantastic price for a truck like this, right? But you're, you're going to want to pay more for that 2-liter turbo they're going to offer with it, right? Right. 2-liter turbo, all-wheel drive, an 8-speed automatic will, will be standard, but all-wheel drive will be offered and front-wheel drive will be um, standard. Um It'll be interesting. What what will this truck really need to have in order for it to make um, an imprint on the market? I don't know if you remember the 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 concept, but it used to have this kind of extendable bed. It had like a, a little feature that you could like drop the tailgate and it had like a like a, a meth. I can't remember what it was, but there was a method of extending the tailgate in a way um, to well, make. Every truck has that now, right? Like it's a it's it's a fold in or flip like it's something yeah. you can kind of flip forward so it's in the cargo bed and then flip backwards so it hangs out over the tailgate. It's mostly I think for people who have dirt bikes mm-hmm. who want to be able to stand them up in the bed and you can do that with the tailgate down but you want to be able to secure it at the same time. So I I assume they would offer something like that. I don't really think they're going to be innovative with the truck in terms of features, but I think just the fact that it exists is kind of innovative, and it it gives Hyundai a chance to get their feet wet in a segment they've never participated in. Yeah, that's a great point. And for them, I think it's an opportunity for them to to bring some of the features that they've already had. Like Hyundai's... Main vehicles have a lot of standard feature, uh, standard features. First of all, that's a real. I think that's really important to bring up. Um, fully loaded with with things like heated seats or vented seats or um, wireless phone chargers. Really good infotainment systems. Um, technology um, is is very highly available in, in vehicles like the Santa Fe. Uh, and to bring that kind of technology to a pickup truck market would probably be an advantage. I also. Um, Sorry, that was that was one hundred percent my my point. So I don't know what else what I was thinking of, of adding to this point. What do you think, Ben? I I think that um, it's funny that Hyundai has got us talking about a concept from five years ago. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm trying to think of a concept that took five years to get to market. Can you think of anything? Not off the top of my head. I know that when when like Lexus made the LF. A, they had to redo it like a whole a whole oh, the while NS- later. The, the NSX was that that took forever to come to market. Oh yeah, and the NSX took forever. Yeah, it was supercars and they're like halo vehicles. They need to be done right. Yeah, and, or or you know, go through a complete second generation facelift while still a concept car. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um yeah, so it's you know, it's good on Hyundai for getting people to talk about this thing today. Um, good on them for not forgetting about a concept that was really cool and that I think will find a place in the market. And I think this is a company that has enough money to burn where if it doesn't do big sales, that's totally fine. And they can just use it to kind of find out not, you know, it's it's one thing to look at the market and say, we want to know what pickup truck buyers want. It's another thing to look at the market and say, we want to know what Hyundai pickup truck buyers would want. And that's right. what you're going to find from the Santa Cruz. I keep thinking that this is what Honda tried to do with the Ridgeline, but for whatever reason, and I actually really like the Ridgeline um, because I'm not a real truck driver in any way or form. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how Hyundai kind of takes this approach too. Do you have any? Do we have any other news we, we want to talk this uh, no, about? No, it's a pretty a pretty low news week. I did want to I did want to provide an update on my Jeep project though, if that was okay with okay. you, Sammy. Yeah, of course, I don't mind. So for those of you who are maybe just tuning in now, I have a 1987 Jeep Grand Wagoneer, and I bought it maybe a little more than a year ago. And in the fall of last year, I decided I was going to swap in an LS engine because the stock drivetrain in a Grand Wagoneer 
it's 140 horsepower and six miles per gallon. So, oh my god, really? Not, yeah, that's not exactly odd. Six miles per gallon. Six, I've been tracking my mileage since I bought it, and the best I've ever done was an all highway trip where it was 11 miles per gallon. Oh my god, man! <laughs> and but average, like if combined city and highway, it's it's six miles per gallon. That means I get 90 miles on a full tank of fuel. <laughs> Uh, it's a 5.9. It's unus- unusable. Yeah, it's a 5.9 liter V8, and it's just terrible. Um, okay. So you can rebuild it and do all sorts of stuff if you want to do that. But I was like, no, you know what? I'm gonna, you know, quadruple the horsepower and double the triple the fuel mileage for the same price. So I, I'm putting in a, a 5.3 and uh, 5.3 LS V8. And anyway, there's been a, you know some ups and downs over the course of the project, but we're nearing the end. And I'm currently, the truck, the engine's in, the computer's reprogrammed, the exhaust is on, and uh, we're only waiting for two things. And one of those is parts to make the intake, because you have to, you got to find a place to put the cone filter and the air intake under the hood. It's not a big deal. But the, the other problem we're having is we need a set of custom drive shafts, front and rear. Okay. And um, all of the shops are currently closed because they were not essential services in Quebec. They recently opened about a week ago, and we've been trying to get in touch with our drive shaft shop, but we just keep getting a recording that says, you know, we're not currently available, we're not currently open. So I'm waiting for this one piece so the project can actually move under its own power. And that's really frustrating, but there's nothing I can do about it because I'm super anxious to just get on the road and start working the bugs out of this vehicle, Sammy. I'm I'm eager for you to get this too because uh, it's a very cool pro- it's a it's a cool project. Is this the biggest project that you've ever had or owned? Maybe all at once. Yes, yeah. it's not my first engine swap. I had a really terrible Mercedes Benz project that had an engine swap with like a a gray market '70s era W116 S class, and um, that was that was horrible. I spent so much money on it, ended up junking the car, like literally like $20,000 down the drain oh when I was God. like in my early 20s. It, it 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 was a dark time, Sammy, I'm not going to lie. Um I didn't Sorry, have that kind yeah. of I didn't have that kind of money at that time either, so I was in super super debt. Anyway, whatever, bad choices. Um this is maybe the most involved project, but I was smart about it and I tagged in professionals who know more about this than I do mm-hmm. to to get it done. And uh yeah, I mean I, I probably have a similar investment in the Datsun, but it was done over a period of four years, whereas okay. this is all like yeah. happening within a six-month period. I see. Interesting. I mean, I'm really glad that you provided that update because a lot of people have been asking about it and been curious because you talked about this um, Wagoneer a while back, the Grand Wagoneer, uh, a while back, and um, it'd be great to see it on the road right now, right? Yes, definitely. You know what's funny is I was talking with uh, my mechanic, that's uh, Andrew Grubb at AGM Performance. He's, he's the same guy who works on my my track car, and he he used to have a Grand Wagoneer, so he was he was down for the project. He, he knows quite a bit about them. Anyway. Um, I watched a movie about a climate apocalypse last summer, mm-hmm. and there's a scene in the movie where the the good guy is escaped. There's like a volcano or something, and it's a dust cloud is coming towards him on the dirt road, and he's in a Wagoneer, and his like foots to the floor. And they're like driving down this dirt road, and the dust clouds behind him, and he's trying to escape it. And all I can think is like, Nah, bro, <laughs> like, there's <laughs> absolutely no way you're driving fast enough to escape a volcano dust cloud. You probably couldn't even get away from, I don't know, a Geo Metro or uh, Chevy Cavalier. You know, so it, it's a 4,500 pound truck with 140 horsepower. It's just, 
I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> it is funny. Um, all right, cool. So why don't we close up the uh, the podcast this week? I want to let our listeners know that if they want to get in touch with us, as I mentioned before, to talk to us about your favorite uh, truck movies or anything like that, or just give us some feedback about the car movie intersection that we like to play on, just send us uh, – actually, just head on over to our website, unnamedautomotivepodcast.com. Um, while you're there, there's a contact form. You fill that out, and it hits, it hits our inbox. Additionally, you can reach out to us on Twitter or Instagram. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Sammy underscore ha, like you're laughing. And Ben is on Instagram. You can find him at Hunting Benjamin. Or you can send us an email the old-fashioned way. It's Benjamin at BenjaminHunting.com. What else can we tell them to tell our dear listeners to do here? Sammy, did you mention that at unnamedautomotivepodcast.com, there are links to subscribe to our podcast on any of the popular podcasters they might use? No, I didn't. So that's some news that they that our listeners will love. Go to our website. Yeah, see our- so you can see Apple. We have Apple uh, Podcasts, um, iTunes. We have Google Play Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Spotify yes, everything. I, I think um, what's what's the one I used to talk about? And never never talk about anymore. Castbox. Castbox. That's right. <laughs> Castbox. I'm glad we had that memory shared together just now. Yeah. So there, you can go there. You can find all of our past episodes there too if you want to just listen to them on the site. But however you listen to them, we're happy that you do. And we hope to hear from you. Yes, absolutely. So I can't wait to talk to you next week, Ben. And uh, take care, man. All right. Thank you for listening, everybody. Bye.